uh, this has been a fun week for me. I, um, uh, this, this series has been fun for me. One is when you get to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit and the outpouring that has happened uh, in the church. It's incredible when you start to really do some work and start digging into who God is and, and what that means. And so we're going to go into revival this morning. And in order to do that, we're going to go to the first revival, which happened at Pentecost. And this is out of Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were, there were staying in Jerusalem some God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? How cool, how amazing would it have been to be there in that moment. Tongues of fire, the Holy Spirit coming, the first time ever, and, he's, and the Spirit descends to experience the wind of revival blowing powerfully into Jerusalem, into this congregation, because it was a con congregation of, of, of men primarily, but men and women. And it's kind of like, you know, we're a congregation. What if the Holy Spirit just came in and swept us off our feet? What if we saw, what if right now back there where Derek and Michael and, and Teresa are, these tongues of fire, the Holy Spirit start just touched on their head. It'd just be the most awesome thing. It would be so, it, it, it would be so powerful, and it was so powerful that those who were there were astonished, right? They, they're like, what in the world's going on? And then they're confused, and, and they don't know what's going on. They'd start questioning what it all meant. And it sometimes seems when you're looking at this passage that it was kind of a, oh, wow, what a random spur-of-the-moment kind of thing just happened. Except that it really wasn't a random spur-of-the-moment kind of thing. So let's drop back a chapter. This is uh, where the disciples asked Jesus if this was the time the kingdom of Israel would be restored. And here's his answer. It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. And let me pause here. Because there are... A lot of uh, ministries and a lot of things that are really focused on trying to figure out the day that Jesus is coming back. If the disciples who hung out with Jesus received this answer from Jesus, it is not for you to know the times, bless you, or dates the Father has set by his own authority, then maybe we don't need to worry about that. Maybe whether it's pre-trib or post-trib or whatever the eschatological issue is at hand. Maybe that's not quite as important as living in this moment, being the body of Christ right now, making a difference in this church and in this community and in this world. Maybe that's where we need to be. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. What's that word, Michael? Power. power. That's right. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Houston and in Georgia and in the United States and even to the ends of the earth. And I know it doesn't say that. It says, 
Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. But guess what for us Jerusalem is? Here. It's Hushton, Brazelton, Flowery Branch, Jefferson. Guess, guess where, where uh, Samaria is? <laughs> Gainesville. Well, I go a little bigger than that, but that's all right. It's an expanded territory, right? Georgia or, or the United States. And to the ends of the earth is still to the ends of the earth. But that's what we're to be witnesses in Houston and in Brazelton and all of the area around us. That's our calling. That's what Jesus told the disciples. And he's telling us to say this message has not changed, that we are to be his witnesses to this community of ours. They need to, more of Jesus. Can that get an amen? Jesus needs to be proclaimed in this place, outside of this place, everywhere that we go. Everywhere that we go. And there's that word again. And, and this is the Greek word, dunamis. But that's like dynamite, TNT. When we're talking about this kind of Holy Spirit power, it's power. It's not power. It's power. It's the power of God. And the power of God moves hearts and lives and changes everything. And the core of revival is always, always, always the power of God delivered through the Holy Spirit. Of course, the disciples didn't know the Holy Spirit yet because Pentecost hadn't happened. The helper had not arrived, so... So what do they do? They just sit back and go, okay, huh? he says a gift is coming. I guess we'll uh, wait on the gift and see when it shows up. Probably pretty cool. I mean, Jesus is the one giving it to us, so he usually gives us pretty good gifts. I mean, for Christmas last year, I got healed. <laughs> so they just sat back and waited, right? No, no, let me answer that for you. No, they didn't sit back and wait. Here's... Uh, verse 12, then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying, and they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and, the other, and, and with Jesus' brothers. My dear, dear, dear brothers and sisters, are we constantly in doubt or are we constantly in prayer? Are we constantly about the things of God or are we constantly worried that things aren't going our way? Are we constantly about anything to do with God? Remember last week, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people who are called by my name will... Humble themselves. That's an action, in case you're wondering. And pray, which is an action, by the way. And seek my face, which is an action. And turn, which is an action. The disciples, it wasn't about sitting down. It was about getting up. You know, we sit down too much in the church. We need to get up. We, we've been sitting on, on our... On our, we've been sitting on our butts for way, way too long. You know what I mean. But I don't have time. But, but I don't know how. But it's not my job. And we sit on our butts and we don't get done the things that need to get done, the things that God is calling us to do. We sit too still. It's, are there times to be still? Yes, there's absolutely times to be still, but that stillness needs to include prayer. It's not just being still with no purpose and no action or anything around it. We spend too much time 
waiting and not enough time praying and moving. By the way, we're moving our children's classes back to Sunday morning this fall. We'll get that scheduled to you. Discontinuing worship on Wednesday as it has been in the past year. And what we're going to do on Wednesday nights is pray. This worship center will be open for prayer. It's going to be open prayer. If, if, if you need prayer, certainly come. It's the body of Christ praying together. And that is powerful. That is dunamis. That is the power of God. There will be, you can sit quietly. You can come in, hang out. I'll have anointing. I'll you know, be glad to anoint or for healing or for whatever, for, for, you know, mission, for whatever God's calling you to do. But if we do this together, the power of God will be just unleashed, unleashed. Constantly in prayer, what happened? The Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit came and nothing is the same. We're here because of that prayer that they were constantly in long ago. That's why we're here today. Isaiah 56, 7, the whole verse says, Even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices. Now, we don't do burnt offerings, but we do sacrifices. Will be acceptable on my altar for my house will be called a house of prayer for all people. My house will be called a house of prayer for all people. Everything that we do has to be founded upon the premise and the power of prayer or it's a waste. We've got to get in and got to move and we've got to be a part of what God is doing. I hope you're catching the flavor of what's happening here at Arbor Point Church at West Jackson because it's not, it, 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 it's cool to be a part of here, being here right now. There's ministry opportunities in the school with West Jackson Elementary. The Good News Club, uh, please, if they, if tra- go to the training because we can't have you. You can't participate without going to the training, which is Saturday. Um, we want to impact the lives of hundreds of kids. It's an opportunity. It's right here. We're invited. What are we going to do with it? And if you can't afford the money, let me know. We'll make it happen. I don't want money to stop somebody from getting trained to make a difference in the life of a child. We... That needs to happen. These are where our kids. Legacy Youth Mentoring, I hope one or two of us contact them just to get involved with one child, just to be a part of their life. Grow to be you day school. And what's going on over there? It's, it's you know, God is moving. We, we still need more kids, but God is moving through Grow to be you. Uh, special needs ministry that we're working on. Celebrate recovery for a recovering community. We have, we have uh, grow groups for discipleship. We, we have partnerships with ISERVE and Piedmont Rape Crisis and One Race Movement and others. We got so much going on. Worship here focused on glorifying God and lifting. Amen? I mean, that, that's happening in this place as God is moving. He's just moving us to an incredible place, and we're going to be able to fill gaps in this community with the love of Jesus Christ. Revival is, is coming, and we're going to be a part of that. Now, my prayer and my hope is not that we're just a part of it. It's that we're the tip of the spear that pierces the heart of the people in this community and transforms their lives in ways they can't even understand because we can't even understand it. But God is going to move in and through us, his people. This morning, I've got two things primarily about revival that, that are in revival and happen through revival. One is, called, is freedom, and the other is new life. This is what happens when revival comes, freedom and new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Did you know that Elena Farmer is going to get baptized? <laughs> what baptism signifies? Yeah, we're going to get the tub out and see what happens. I hope it don't leak, Bob. We'll find out. In going under is the death to the old, and coming back is rising to the new. New life. Revival. And revival is, is always available to us. When the Holy Spirit moves in our life, change happens. The power of God rests within us, rests upon us. How can change not happen when the power, the dynamis of God is, is in us and working through us? Ephesians 4, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You are created in the image and likeness of God. Have you ever heard me say that? Always. You know why? Life doesn't want you to know that, doesn't want you to believe that, and wants to, ro wants to rob you of that. So does Satan and, and, and his forces. They don't want you to, to live into this new life, this new creation that you are. You are made in the image and likeness of God. You've been given new life through Jesus Christ. And this is where freedom resides, in this new life, in this new creation, in the reality that we have our eternity secure. See, when we have our eternity secure, and, and we know that, the struggles and issues of today seem to lessen in importance, though they don't go away. The journey is still going to be up and down. But when my eye is on eternity, I, I realize that this life is not the long-term one. This is the short-term one. And there is a long-term one that is waiting for me. And, and I can live freely in this world, seeking to fulfill the calling that God has given to me. Another throwback passage, Romans chapter 12. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and those members don't all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body and each member belongs to all the others. I love that passage because it every time I read it, it reminds me that when any one of us is not here, we're not all here. When any one of us is not, I know it's kind of obvious, right, Vicki? But when, when any one of us is not here, the body of Christ is incomplete. We all are important in the body of Christ. And he goes on and, and, and he says, if your gift is prophesying, you know what you ought to do? Yeah, you probably ought to prophesy. If your gift is serving, serve. serve. Absolutely. If your gift is teaching, if, to, if it's to encourage, if it's giving, and invite more people, that, that's their gift. If it's to lead, <laughs> do it diligently. Yeah, absolutely. If it's to show mercy, show mercy. Do it cheerfully. Be who you are created to be. This, this hashtag, be you for him, is... It, it's not a random thing. It's actually a scriptural thing because we're supposed to be who God created us to be. Live it out. If your gift, whatever your gift is, live that out. That, that's what our purpose here is to inspire people to fulfill God's calling in their life or to help lead them from where they are to where God would have them to be. That's a scriptural thing. It's not just a be you for him. Oh, that's nice bumper sticker. It's about fulfilling what God is asking us to do. And we spent the last two years in this place. We've been tilling the soil. We've been preparing. 
We've been planting the seeds so that we can get right here to this very place where we're talking about the possibilities of revival and what God's going to be doing. Do you see what God has been up to over the past two years in this place? Can you get a flavor for what is right here in front of us and where we can go? It's impossible, and yet it's going to happen because God is God. God is God. And when we choose to stop listening to the world and all those distractions that pull us away from, from the, the things that, that, that draw us near to God, and even those crazy voices, and if you've got voices like mine that run around in your head and try and beat you up all the time, just tell them, shut up, go away. Thank you for your participation. You have no place. I'm going to follow Jesus and not you. And, and go forward into the place God has for you. Because when we'll do that, we'll be free. And I want to be free. Do you want to be free? I do. John 8, 38. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Andy Witt preached, on, preached about freedom. And you know what? I didn't tell Andy to preach about freedom. He was preaching on, on the July holiday weekend. And it was, but it was during the at the movies. I said, you know, dude, you can put, pick whatever movie you want. He said, I think I want to preach about freedom. So he preached about freedom. Why? So that I could reference it this morning and point out that new life and freedom are part of revival. And God wants to work a revival in this place, in, in our hearts and in our lives, that will change everything. Change everything. Apostle Paul implores through all his writings to live free. Live free. Don't be bound by the law. Don't be bound by the things that we like to bind ourselves up with. So perhaps, maybe, possibly, perchance, it's time for us to see God, to see God as, as he sees us, and we can see him in a frame, in a flavor, in a new way that will turn the page, and we'll get to live in this freedom, Bob. We'll get to live in this new life. We'll get to be who we were created to be, not who the world's trying to make us. And live into that, and it will blow through here. The Holy Spirit wind through here and through your life. Everywhere you go, Carolyn, everywhere. And it will be beautiful. And it will be amazing. And it's up to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will move. And by the way, other people probably won't get it. And that's okay. They didn't get it back in the early days either. Verse 13. Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine back to Pentecost Day. Now, that's a bit strange to me given that I'm a recovering alcoholic and I've drank a lot of, a lot of, a lot of different stuff. And I've been drunk more than once. Sorry. I know that ruins your view of a pastor. Um, but all of those times never increased my ability to communicate. <laughs> um, I never had anybody come up and say, wow, that was Spanish. <laughs> they pat me on the head and say, uh, you might want to go home now. <laughs> never helped me to communicate. Maybe they had better wine back then. Maybe it was something different. I don't know. Verse 14, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and said, the people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only 9 in the, in the morning. And of course, my alcoholic jumps up and says, 5 o'clock somewhere, you know. <laughs> anyway. They thought they were drunk, and they were not. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
And the Holy Spirit's power changed what was heard. And I can, I can relate to that because there are times when I'll preach a message and someone will come up to me and they'll say, man, when you said da-da-da-da-da, that was really... I've gone back and listened to messages before because I'm like, I don't think I said that. And I didn't say that. They heard that. That's the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit moves, He can change what is said even so that it becomes what the person needs to hear in that moment. I want to go to a passage from last week. No, this is out of Joel chapter 2, verse 16. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you were here last week, that, will, that passage will ring a bell. Because it's crazy, this is an Old Testament prophet, and he's including women and men together. That was unheard of, that didn't happen, yet it's, it does happen. He's saying that my spirit is gonna, doesn't care if you're male or female, doesn't care who you are. It's gonna, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all people. Do you know what all means? All means all. I'm going to pour my spirit out on all people. I don't care if you're white, black. I don't care if, if, if you're Hispanic. I don't care if you're rich. I don't care what your status might be, what your class might be. I don't care about any of that stuff because it doesn't matter. It's not about any of, any of that. This is, a, this is about the Holy Spirit bringing the kingdom here. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, in heaven, we're going to be worshiping together. And you ain't going to be looking around going, oh, how'd that person get here? You get one, you're going to be grateful that you are there. But the other, but, but it's just going to be a unified body. Doesn't matter. Status, class, race, gender, none of it. Does, none of it. The stuff we divide ourselves, gone. And it's going to be so freeing. I get excited. What a picture. What if that were here? Because Jesus obviously gave it to us in a prayer, so it ought to be here. It can be here. We need it to be here. It's what draws me so strongly to one race, because it's a kingdom-focused movement. It's a kingdom-focused movement, not a political movement. Don't care about that stuff. What we do care about is that in heaven, we're going to be together worshiping God regardless of race and setting aside these things that divide us, denomination divides us, all of these things so that we can praise God and glorify him in everything that we do. Thy kingdom come indeed. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done here on earth, here on earth as it is in heaven. And we have an opportunity at ATC to be a part of this movement. And I encourage you and challenge you. One of the cool things that's going to happen, and I might have mentioned it, but there's going to be a family of a slave owner's family of a, of, of, a, of a guy whose family was slaves, and his family owned his family, and they're going to reconcile on the top of Stone Mountain. And that's going to be a powerful moment of reconciliation. Let me finish this morning by re returning kind of to where we, where we were earlier. Two tenets of revival. 
new life, and freedom. And I don't know about you, but I sometimes let this world put shackles on me. And I believe some of the stuff that my head tells me or somebody else might flippantly say to me. And I let that get me stuck. And if you're one of those folks this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to have a time of communal prayer, and I'm going to ask if you feel so led to come forward. It's not being prayed for. It's us praying together um, as the body of Christ. We'll pray together because there's power in prayer. We'll pray together because, because God asks us to do so wherever two or more are gathering. And there's no wrong way to do this other than if the Spirit's prompting you and you decide not to do it. That would, I would suggest maybe to follow the prompting of the Spirit. For those singing this song, we're going to sing this song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. And it's a song of proclamation. And we want to proclaim that over this people, over this body, over our community, and live into this in this place. So come as the Holy Spirit moves and as you're led. Michael.